Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. verse 5 says this for the Lord is good his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations I just want to talk to you really briefly today about a thing called generational blessing who knows that there is generational blessing who knows that we know that there's generational other stuff who knows that When you go to visit the doctor, what's the first thing the doctor will say to you if they're doing a medical? Do you have any heart disease in your family? Do you have any cancer in your family? You know, do you have any blood pressure issues in your family? It's the first thing they will ask you. What is in your family line that's going to affect you physically? And they will look for those signs in you. In the same way, when we have generational blessing, it's as if that thing is written on our DNA. It's written on the DNA of us and it's written on the DNA of our children, what they can become. And in actual fact, we can change the DNA of our children and our generations by the choices that we make in our own lives. Amen. The things that have been given to you, you don't need to transfer them to your generations. The things that have been given to you in the natural, you don't even need to transfer those to your generations. The things that have even been given to you in the physical, you don't. When my doctor says to me, Have you got cancer in your generations? Have you got this in your generation? Yeah, they're all in my generations, but they don't belong to me. Because by the blood of Jesus Christ, when I became born again, my DNA was transferred from the bloodline of my ancestors to the bloodline of Jesus Christ. And therefore, my blood has been made pure and my generation has now been blessed because of the decision that I made to follow Christ 36 years ago. It wasn't an easy thing. You know, I remember the very, very first time that I saw Christ that I dedicated my life to Him. He came to me because He wanted to rescue me from the DNA that was set forth in my generations. When I look back over my generations, I have generations of women that the same cycle, who can see cycles in their families? You know, the same cycle was over the women of my generations for generations and generations. My family were the stolen generation and therefore my great-grandmother was uh, Kuri, Aboriginal, and my grandmother was Aboriginal and my mother was Aboriginal and I am Aboriginal. But there are things over our generations. You can imagine what was passed down to me. You know, fear was the first thing in my generations that was given to me. I had no idea why I had fear, terrible fear. I had this fear that something was going to happen to my children to the point where it would be crippling me. And when I realised what had happened to me in my generations, I found out the truth and the truth set me free. And I said, I don't have to live with that fear 
because I'm a new, I'm a new creation by the blood of Jesus Christ and I can break off those things. But I remember when I first came to Jesus, when He first came to rescue me and the things that had been passed down, cycles that had been, it's like a merry-go-round. Life can be like a merry-go-round. You just, you know, you get on it and you don't know where to get off. And family generations can be like that. They can be just the cycle that just goes on and on and on and on. You see, the grandfather is an alcoholic. The father is an alcoholic. The son becomes an alcoholic. It just keeps going down the generations, the addictions, the sexual abuse, the things that we see, you know, which I won't mention a lot of because of the children here, but the things that continue to go down the generations. But you know what? We can change that. We can change that by choice. And the other thing that comes down through the generations is blessing. And there's things that are in our generations, even maybe a hundred years back that we don't even know. Maybe there was one praying old woman in your generations and you don't realise it, but that prayer has come down through the generations and landed on you. And you don't, like, when I look at ones like Alana, perhaps first generation Christian, you know, what was it, Alana, that caused God to come visit you in your moment of utmost, you know, desperation in that time in your life when there was no one around, when think there was nothing going right in her life. And yet in the middle of the night, God comes and visits her in her room at a time of utmost just What was that? What caused that door to be open? We have to ask that question. Was Yes, there was many things in Alana's generations that would have caused her, you know, to go down a different path. But somehow, Maybe in her generations, maybe a hundred years ago, there was one praying woman that said, I pray a blessing over the generations of the women in our family. And then down the generations, although many things have come against it, that prayer remained and bang, God comes to visit Alana in the middle of the night and Alana is saved. And now Alana stands in the gap for her generations to come for the children that are yet to be put into her womb. Now, she's making choices right now in her life. They're going to affect the generations for generations to come. Do you know that a curse or a a generational sin in the Bible, the Bible talks about in Exodus chapter 20, that the sins of the fathers will visit the generations to the third and the fourth generation. That we see that in the cycle of life. But it says this, but the blessing will go to a thousand generations. A thousand generations. Do you know that by the choices that we make in our everyday lives right now, we can release a blessing of a thousand generations. This is what these families have done today up here. You don't even realise the weight of what you've done today, that you have given your children the best start that they could possibly have in their lives by releasing a generational blessing right from the beginning, right from the get-go in their lives. You're saying, you know, whatever's happened in the past in our families, whatever's happened in my life in the past, today I want to bless and dedicate my children to the Lord. You know, each of us have that choice that we can make in our daily lives. I remember when I first met Phil, you know, I'd, I'd, been, I'd been a Christian for about three years. I'd, I came to know Jesus through an incredible radical encounter where He came to rescue me in the middle of the night, same thing as Alana. 
And then I met Phil and he'd become a Christian too in some sort of radical way. We didn't become Christians through church, by the way. We didn't have religious upbringings. We didn't, you know, didn't have believing parents. But by the grace of God, somehow God arrested both of us the same year in the same time in two different countries because He knows the plans that He has for us and they are perfect. Amen. Jeremiah chapter, what is it? 29.11, I'm testing out your yards, people. Jeremiah 29.11, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Amen. Each one of us, Psalm 139 says that God knew us before we were formed in our mother's wombs. And He wrote every day of our life down in a book. And He knew every day of our life before it came to pass. He had it written in a book. How many of you know that there are two books? There's a book that God writes and there's the book that the enemy writes where He wants to come and destroy that plan for your life. He often will come in infancy and try and destroy the plans on children's lives, on, on people's lives. You'll put things in generations that will come down as sort of a sneak attack and sneak up on you. So where did this come from? Well, it was four generations before there was a, a stronghold in this area and now it's attacking you. And you then have that right then, you have the ability to choose do I say yes to this weakness that's in my family line or do I stand in the power and the blood of Jesus and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Do we draw a line in the sand that says from this point forward, this will stop in our lives? So when I met Phil, and Phil has the great privilege of having some Welsh revival in his heritage, praise God. But, you know, we both had our stuff. We both had our baggage. We both had our generational baggage and we both had our own baggage because, we, you know, we'd lived life until we were saved. But when we came together and we got married in the eyes of God, I remember the day, the feeling of walking down that aisle. My sister said to me, you can't wear white. How can you possibly wear white? And I looked her in the eye. I said, I can wear white. And I can proudly walk down that aisle because through the blood of Jesus Christ, I have been made brand new. I am innocent and pure according to the blood of Jesus. No matter what has been done to me or no matter what I have done, it has been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. And I can walk down that aisle with my love. And both of us, we made a commitment that day that this is for Jesus. Our lives are for Jesus. Our lives together are for Jesus. Didn't we, darling? And we even said on that day that we got married, you know, we didn't even want to drink alcohol that day. Even though back in the day, back in that day, we would have had a drink occasionally. But that day then we said, we're not even going to drink alcohol because we want to be so in this moment. When I look into your eyes, this is like the beginning of a whole new life for us. And I want to be in that moment with you, darling. We're starting something fresh, you know, no matter what's been passed down to us, no matter what's given to us, been dished out to us, we're going to start fresh right now, you and me. And we're going to do this in Jesus, for Jesus, with Jesus. And we're going to let Him live inside of us. And we're going to become new creations and change the face of the earth even in and around our family. And so I was told at 17 years of age, 
because I had cancer, that I would never have children. They, they actually cut bits out of me that I needed to have children. I didn't have the proper bits that you need to have children because they'd been taken out. And they said that I had no ovulation. I had no eggs. There was absolutely no eggs. It was impossible for me to ovulate. They tried all kinds of means to get me to ovulate, you know, all kinds of pills, all kinds of stuff. Nothing worked. You have no eggs. You're infertile. You'll never have children. At 17 years of age, that was handed down to me. So when I married Phil, I said, Phil, I can never have children. You have to understand that. You know, we may have to adopt. I don't know what's going to happen. But, you know, it was the desire of my heart from a little child. As all of us girls do have that desire, you know, one day I'm going to have my own child. One day I'm going to have a little girl. And one day I'm going to look after that little girl. And that little girl will never have to go through what I went through because I'm going to protect her. And I'm going to look after her. And I'm going to make things different for her than they were for me. Because, you know, I really wanted to do that. And I wanted to do it so bad. And Phil and I got married. And we were just like so new. We were Christians, but we'd never been to church. We didn't understand much about anything. But when we got married, we decided to to go to church. And we found this church because we decided we wanted to be water baptized, didn't we? And that was the church, yeah, where Julie was dedicated. And so we went to this church and we said to, it was a pastor's dreams. We walked in and said, do you do water baptisms here? We want to be water baptized. Oh, yeah. Oh, great. That's fantastic. We're going to get water baptized. So I remember the night that we got water baptized. It was such a fantastic moment because my mom, who'd had a lot of, you know, terrible things done to her in her childhood and her upbringing as well, and her mother and her grandmother, you know, that generational thing was on them. My mom came to our water baptism to try and stop me being water baptized because she thought we were getting into some sort of tongue-talking cult. And, you know, oh, they raise their hands, they do weird things in that church, and I don't want my daughter to be part of that. But when my mother, and my mother didn't tell me this till later, when my mother was in her early 20s, she had a few kids, she was walking past a little church, and she heard the singing inside this little church of Christ. And she went inside this church of Christ, and she stood there with tears rolling down her face because she knew that Jesus was in that place. And she knew Jesus because when she was being abused as a little child, he used to appear to her and comfort her and hold her. But she had no words for it. She had no expression of it. She had no, she had nothing, you know, she didn't know church or Christianity. She had no frame of reference for this man that used to visit her. But she walked into this church and she knew the man that used to visit her when she was a little girl was visiting it. It was there. It was in this room, in this little church of Christ. She began to cry. The man down the front was just doing an altar call if anyone wants to give their hearts to the Lord. And she ran down the front, she said, and she fell on her knees. And she said, Jesus, I need you. I know you're the one that used to visit me when I was a little girl and used to look after me. I need you, Jesus. I need you. And so she gave her heart to the Lord. She never told anybody. She never told me that. She never told anybody that. And so she was so excited. She came running home to my dad and she said to my dad, guess what? I've just given my heart to Jesus and I'm, you know, I want to go to church and I'm going to make my life difference. And my dad said to her, if you go to church, I'm going to divorce you. I'll divorce you. I'll leave you. I don't, I don't want a church going woman because he was raised as a Catholic, locked in cupboards by nuns, had a terrible experience of Catholicism and just didn't want anything to do with the church. And so my mum made a choice that day in her early 20s that she said, yes, okay, I won't go to church. I'll never tell anybody what happened to me. And she hid that like a secret. 
and never told anyone and, and submitted to my dad. And therefore, we were raised in, a, in an abusive, alcoholic environment because my mum made a choice that day to not follow Jesus when she should have. She never told me that. So this day, Phil and I are getting water baptised. And I was so excited. My mum and dad came to stop us. And my deaf brother as well, who was a foster child that we took in, was my long-term brother. He was deaf. He came with them because he was going to help them stop us being water baptised. And I'm in the tank and I'm like this and I can feel the presence of God come down on me. I'm being water baptised. It's been the desire of my life for this to happen. The presence of God comes into the room. I get water baptised and I hear my dad yell out, they're hypnotising her. You know, my dad yells out. I was like, shh, dad. You know, it's really embarrassing. Then the next minute, my mother stands up and she says, Desi, this is in front of the whole church. She was quite an extrovert. She was an extrovert. She was like Candace, you know, just like, woo. And uh, she says, Desi, I'm not waiting for you any longer. I said no to Jesus all those years ago, but today I say yes. And she ran down the front and she jumped in the tank with me. Fully clothed, all the water goes, like it's one of those tanks in the church, all the water goes out everywhere. And she says, duck me in the water. I want Jesus publicly. And so she got water baptised. And then my deaf brother, my foster brother who was at the back, I hear this, you know how deaf people talk, you can't really understand what they're saying. And he starts yelling out, I'm thinking, oh no, here we go. And he jumps in the tank and puts his arms up to the Lord. And he says in his little, you know, deaf language, I want to be water baptised too. And so Phil was baptised with the family. And we had a family baptism. And that day my mother chose to follow Christ publicly as her Lord and Saviour. That day, my brother chose to follow Christ. Phil and I chose to follow Christ as a public testimony. I didn't realise, but in Foster, on the same day, on the same Sunday, my sister was water baptised in Foster and I didn't even know she was saved. It was like God was doing a generational cleansing, a generational thing. It was the most incredible moment in my life to know and for my mom, And my mom, who's now with Jesus, went on to be the greatest female evangelist you would ever know. So many people were healed when she prayed for them. She took up Avon at 68 years of age so she could get into the people's houses to pray for the sick. And they would just buy one lipstick and she'd be there all day having tea and scones. And they'd say, Jill, I need to buy another lipstick next week, you know. And she, she just went to be with the Lord in glory. Jesus came to get her. When she was going to be with him, she was smiling. She saw him and our, our generations were redeemed. Amen. And it was only a month later, just one month later, and I said to Phil, I'm really sick. I think the cancer's come back. I need to go to my cancer specialist. I'm pretty sure it's back. You know, I'm just really sick. So I went to the cancer specialist. He did some tests on me. He came and sat down. He said, Julie, I've got news for you. And I got, here we go. The cancer's back. And he said, you're pregnant. And I said, how? He said, I have no idea. But you are. He was a Buddhist. He was a Thai Buddhist. And he said to me, I don't know what you're doing, but whoever that God is that you're serving, 
You need to keep praying to him because you have received a miracle. And that's Julie. Stand up, Julie. That's our miracle right there. That's our number one. I have four daughters now, four daughters, three sons-in-law. Incredible. All of them, all of my daughters and my sons-in-law love God, serve God. They all preach. They all minister. They love serving. Oh, they love surfing. What's that got to do with it? <laughs> oh, my God. And we have four grandchildren, three of whom are girls. All right. Thank you, Doug. And um, that's why they're not here, the sons-in-law, because they're surfing right now. They're having a surf together because they're all best mates. Yeah. Yeah. One of my daughters, one of my daughters and my son-in-law are in... Nairobi, Africa, Kenya, Africa, planted a church there doing a great work for God. I mean, you know, you think that the choices that you're making when you're young, they're just about you, you know. Everything's just about you when you're young. But when you get to my age and you look back and you have the privilege of looking back and you realise that every choice that we made was not just about us. It was like Julie said, it was about linking arms through the generations And now, now, when I see my grandchildren praying in church, when I when I see that that my children and the women in my family have never suffered the things that the women suffered in my family before us because of the blood of Jesus Christ. When I see, you know, my my daughters in purity that have never been abused, have never been hurt, because I stood in the gap and I stood. My husband and I stood and we said, as for us, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord and we're going to release a 1,000 generation blessing from this point on. From here on in, our DNA changes. And whenever anything tried to come at us, you know, Phil's family, within Phil's family, there was early deaths in the men. Tragic accidents where the men would die at a young age and leave their families, leave their children, their women and children without a father, without a husband. Happened in his family generations. Well, I stood in the gap for that one day. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, this is not going to come on my husband. This is not going to happen in our family. In Jesus' name, I break that generational curse of early death in the men in this family and it will not pass through the bloodline to my husband or to our children or our children's children in Jesus' name. And we've stood over the years and prayed countless, countless thousands of prayers like that. We've had prayer ministry. We've had things, you know, we've had gone to prayer ministry, had things broken because I was going to stand and I was going to fight. My husband was going to fight because it was going to be different for us. And someone somewhere in the generations has to take a stand. I don't know about you, maybe you've got, you know, these guys, you've got parents that took the stand for you and you're living in the blessing of the choices that they made. But many of us in Australia are first generation Christians where we have to make that fight ourselves, where we have to draw the line in the sand ourselves and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I just want to read you this. I didn't preach what I had here at all, but that's all right. It was a good study anyway. 
It's interesting what you were saying, Julie, about the generational blessing, about giving as well. Because, you know, in the Old Testament, in the book of Hebrews, it talks about Levi. And it, and it says that Levi paid tithes before he was formed in his mother's womb. Because of what Abraham did to the house of God, Levi was accredited to Levi as a blessing from his grandfather's loins. I think that's amazing. I thought that was amazing. I'm just going through this whole sermon. It says here in Joel 2.28, and this is the blessing. This is what what, what I speak over my children, what you should speak over yours. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Psalm 105 verse 8 said, He remembers His covenant forever, the promise He made for a thousand generations. Let's stand to our feet this morning. We thank You, Lord. We thank You, Lord. Let me encourage you this morning as the worship team comes. That, it's, that it is about the big decisions that we make, the big choices, but it's often the things that are in secret. It's the, it's the things behind closed doors that make all the difference in the generations because it's the secrets that the enemy loves to get a hold of and he loves to hold our children and our children's children accountable for the secrets that we never brought to God. And it's so important that every day we choose. I choose not to lie. I choose to be generous. If someone gives me too much change at the shop and I walk away, I'll go back. I won't just say, oh, great, there's two bucks more for me, sucker, you know, shopkeeper. I'll go back and I'll say, sorry, you gave me too much change. Because to me, that's not worth releasing something over me, over my children, my children's children for the sake of $2. Nothing's worth it, guys. Those small choices, those large choices, the choices we make every day, the choice that we make not to be cranky, not to be angry, the choices that we make not to speak those words, but to speak words of blessing. The choices that we make, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. The choices that we make even before we have children, before we get married, that it's going to be different for me. I'm going to make good choices for my life and my children and for my children's children and my children's 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 children. I often think back and I think, what if my mum, when she was in her early 20s, would have looked at my dad and said, You can leave me if you want, but I'm going to church and I'm putting God first. And I know my dad loved her to pieces. He never would have left her. He worshipped her. You know what? He would have followed her. She had the strength to make many people follow her. What if she would have made that choice in her early 20s? How much greater would my life have been? How much more could I have accomplished? You know, would I have been able to be at this stage when I was 20 or 30 rather than when I'm nearly 60? Would would I have to wait that long 
you know, to, to sort out all the generational stuff so it would be great for my kids and my children's children. What if someone in another generation would have put a, a, drawn a line in the sand and said, as for me and my house, we're going to worship God. This morning, you can make that choice right now in this place as every eye is closed. You can make that choice right now. As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. Maybe you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior before and you say, you know what, I want to draw a line in the sand right now. Right now, I want to ask Jesus to come into my life. I want to start that journey for me and my generations. With every, No one moving, please, just for a moment. Just don't move for a moment, please, out of respect. Just for one moment. Every eye closed. If you want to restart that journey today and your walk with God, just lift your hand and I'll pray with you. We won't pray now. We're going to pray after the meeting. Just lift your hand and say, I want to start that journey today. I want to, I want to release that blessing to my generations from this day forward. Just lift your hand. Every eye closed in the room, please. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And just one more moment before we move. We thank you, Lord. Right now, we just declare in our own heart of hearts that we choose to make choices in our lives today, tomorrow, the next day, considering that it's not just about us, that my choices are going to affect generations of people. Lord, we choose to follow you in Jesus' name. You know, there was a saying I read on Facebook this week and it said, I was about to give up. I was about to give in because it was too hard. And then I looked at who was watching me. And in the photo was a mother and a little girl. I looked at who was watching me. Who's watching you today? Who's watching your choices? Who's longing for your choices? Maybe it's your children in heaven waiting for you to make great choices today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I pray a blessing over everyone in this room today. That God, that you, they would make great choices. Great choices. And consider the generations to come. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.